0: hey guys welcome back to the art of craftsmanship podcast my name is dustin o'hara and i'm here with my brother and co-host evan hello and we are joined by our guest today jim smith from the tradesman channel jim what's up man
1: not much how's it going boys
0: good 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 to to talk to you again it's been it's been a little while since maker camp so it's
2: it
1: has chat with you it has what's what's devin wearing
0: (laughs) (laughs) hopefully uh lots of fun stuff tonight since we're all just uh just only audio that's the, that's the beauty of just audio recording we can wear whatever you want whatever you want. Oh, small <laughs>
1: miracles small miracles
3: i i like the winnie the pooh shirt and no pants
1: you know that that fits you 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 guys are just a couple of big bearded teddy bears <laughs> oh, thank you just just made for cuddling
0: all right dad what do you got for us today
3: i would give the greatest sunset in the world for one side of new york's skyline particularly when one can't see the details, just the shapes, the shapes and the thought that made them, the sky over New York and the will of man made visible.
1: That is deep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I, I was hesitant at first, you know, I was like you had to win me over on that one cuz given up like a, you know, yeah, like the nature for a skyline of New York. I was like, I don't know, but then as it went on, that builds, right? It's that like that touch of man that that creativity that you see that has something special to it rather than pure nature. Now, obviously pure nature has its beauty and 99% of the time I would choose that over, you know, a cityscape, but there's definitely something there that's uh that's, uh, maybe not equally, but also awe inspiring.
1: very awe inspiring. You stand in the middle of Lower Manhattan and just look up. It's like, wow, people did yeah. this. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. It's uh, and I mean, and the quote comes from oh, it's a book, that, but it comes from a, uh, an architect. So you know, it kind of makes sense. Right. Which any, uh, any do guess? You know our... uh, do you know the book? Well, any guess? Of a um, indi- individualistic architect, you may not have read it, but it's.
0: Mm, I I can't think. I don't think I've read any architect books, although I'm an architecture teacher.
1: <laughs> um, well, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, the only architect <laughs> that I really know well is Frank Lloyd Wright, or like Frank Gehry, well, a few it's, other ones. But this yeah. one,
3: this one's fiction.
0: Ah, okay.
3: But it's kind of one of the most famous ones. But it's it's more it's not necessarily about architecture. It's about I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna go with Dr. Seuss on that one. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, hop one pop. You got what? What do I win?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, have you ever read The Fountainhead?
0: I have not read Fountainhead. Uh, Uh, No, Mm all right. That's cool. I still yeah, definitely there. So for me as an artist, for lands as a landscape painter. Um, putting in touches of man's hand in nature. And, and I usually prefer fairly dominant nature paintings when I'm doing landscape paintings, having little bits of man's hand in it puts it like can put a time and a place to a timeless thing that nature is right. Um. Yeah. So, and that there's that with art and with architecture and with, all sorts of different like trades over the years that they go through phases and so you can see that time like one of the things i've done quite a bit in landscape paintings is i'll i'll do a like a jet stream in the sky somewhere even if it's small you know because that's like a very particular time that is yeah. an
1: interesting that's a neat kind of a neat addition i never i never mm-hmm. thought of that before that's pretty cool
0: but, you know, I mean, in our day and age, anytime you look up in the sky, you're almost inevitably going to see a jet stream somewhere. You yeah. Know? Like they're so common. And so putting that in there just puts a little touch of man's hand and also puts a time to it. So, you know, if you look at like, again, like Manhattan, you look at all these different buildings and they all have different styles from different times, which is pretty cool. But it's all this like, you know, how men have changed and technology's changed over the years and how they've either worked with or against nature over time. Just kind of an interesting thing to to like capture as an artist, where you know I could I could be an idealist and do just beautiful landscapes with nothing else in them. But if I do a landscape and it has like a broken telephone pole or something, you know, or like a, a rundown tractor or you know or a jet stream, yep. like it puts something else in there.
3: A magazine, a, a magazine cover with the date on it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It. Yeah,
0: right.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of it kind of adds a level of honesty to the work. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah. I want to see roadkill. <laughs> yeah, Before, right, exactly.
3: I know we're diving I don't know we're diving deep into paintings I for people who don't know I always pull up an image and I usually try to aim it towards our guest if we have one and since you're way up there in New York right? right? all the way upstate?
1: yeah right down the Canadian border Ooh, you're all the way all the way up there all the way do, up
3: I pulled up um, just upstate New York paintings and this one it's funny I th- they're doing the same thing you don't think about it what's the painter dust? I was, we we're cool. just we we're talking about it before you came on, but it looks timeless, and they he adds a few little things in there, and now looking down on the valley um, that I'm looking at in this painting, there's a bunch of farms, and it looks very quaint. But at the time, that probably looked pretty modern. How wow. all around these mountains, there's farmland all split up and roads and stuff. And at the time, that looked really like wow, look how much we've spread. Right, but now yeah. it looks like. A really old photo of really old farms,
0: right? Yeah, that uh, the Hudson River painters, you know, they were they were exploring out, you know, and going out into the wilderness and capturing things and bringing them back to you know New York and the cities and showing off their paintings and things. Mm. But yeah, that was way out there back then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, the
1: Hudson River Valley. Sure, it's it's a beautiful area. I tell you, if you like you like painting, I know you get up to. You get up yeah. to New Hampshire and Vermont quite a bit, don't you, Dustin? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You get up like uh, the White Mountain Highway up towards yeah. Conway and Crawford Notch and all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: you're you're on the Saint Lawrence River, right? Yeah,
1: Thousand Island region.
0: Oh yep. man, that's mm. so beautiful. Yeah, I think we were talking about it briefly, but we went up to Ottawa um, in 2019, actually the same weekend as Maker Camp of 2019, and. Uh, that was the first time I was up there. That was actually the first time I've ever been to Canada and passed over, um, you know, the bridges there into Canada. It's just, I mean, so we, we stopped a couple times and just like just stopped and looked out. Just
1: all inspiring. So did you go up Route 81 all the way? Yep, yep all okay. the way. Okay, you passed within 15 minutes of my house. Oh, right on. Yep. Oh, man, what a spot.
0: Yeah, man, my wife and I were like, man, we got to get up here and do like a boat tour. That'd be so cool.
1: You don't see. see the meth labs until you get off the main roads. Yeah, well, that's pretty and, uh, good. I think that's yeah, it. yeah. It's, it's pretty classy. Jersey. Driving through New Jersey, you just see all the <laughs> yeah. meth labs everywhere. So <laughs> at least uh.
0: they, up there, they have the decency to move them off the roads a little bit.
1: That's right, A little bit. We got to keep up appearances, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. That
3: was like that was like on our drive back from Maker Camp. We just took we. Put the wrong directions in, so it just took us past way way too close to new york city oh, on the right. way home <laughs> and we're like man they drive up here it was so much nicer what happened and then we're like i don't think we're gonna i don't think we're anywhere near that
1: way <laughs> too right. much humanity driving on the roads down there <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah it's right, definitely exactly. worth worth the extra 45 minutes to bypass all that
0: <laughs> all right well let me introduce our guests we are talking to jim smith um from the tradesman channel on youtube and instagram um Jim is a maker who is dedicated to keeping the trades of homesteading and craftsmanship and, you know, showing these things on your channel. Um, and also you say yourself that you're a guy who is really enthusiastic about traditional building techniques.
1: Um, if you guys with power know, tools, of course. <laughs> with, yeah, <laughs> if
0: you don't know Jim, you gotta check him out. Jim, welcome to the Art of Craftsmanship Podcast. Well,
1: thank you, gentlemen. And I use that term loosely for Devin, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: Gentlemen.
3: That's fair. Well, and we're getting sloppy thirds because you've done a handful of podcasts before we were able to get you on here. So <laughs> well, I guess that's guys, okay.
1: You guys are going to get the cleaned up better version because... Uh, I tell you what the, the the last the last one I was on those guys are nuts. I don't think I could tell my kids about that one.
0: <laughs> hey, there's a, there's a time and place for
1: that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Those those are good guys. And yeah, then that was awesome. And with yeah, uh, Blacksmith's pub, that was a lot of fun too.
2: Yeah,
0: that was a cool one cuz that was just so many people jumped into that. Uh that was a, that was that was a fun episode. Um so Jim, what Okay, so I was talking to Devin beforehand and we were saying a little, I was saying how you to, uh, the way that you go about making things and getting into different things is very similar to what I've done over the years where it's like, I I'm I'm interested in a hobby. Like I might do a little bit of it. And then I realize it's something that I'm interested in and I'll kind of dive into it. So build a forge, build whatever, you know, but I think you, you go a little bit further than I do where you're, I think maybe that's maybe, not sure what it is. Maybe it's just your personality, but like you've built yourself a forge press, you built your entire timber frame shop. Like I think when you dive in, you dive in and
1: all about it. Yeah. It's almost cost me my marriage probably a hundred times over the last
2: 20 (laughs) years, but I tell you what.
0: So how did that, how did that start? Like, where did you start? What did you get? What got you into making?
1: I just, I, I'm the type of guy I have to be busy all the time. I have to, my mind has to be occupied with something all the time. And if I have too much spare time on my hands, I just, I go nuts. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I grew up around the old barns and stuff like that, old farm town. Always been interested in timber work. And then that leads to everything else. Right on. What was the, what was the first timber frame project you did? A 28 by 52 story shop. Uh, really, <laughs> I, didn't realize that. Yes. I didn't realize you started there yeah. i started there go for the gusto man oh <laughs> yeah that's the epitome of literally what i was saying like, you're like oh sounds yeah sounds
0: kind of cool it's interesting let me try to make the the biggest one i can
1: make that's yeah great. and then we're gonna skydive off it and oh yeah it's gonna be awesome <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jeez
0: so if we step back a little bit, you're saying like you grew up around the different that kind of environment around the around the old barns and people who made stuff. So did like your father or grandfather or anything so, like that? Did they get you into it? Or
1: no, I was raised by an uncle and uh, he was a school teacher, science teacher, and mm-hmm. it was just him and I. And he bought an 1820s house that we remodeled from. I moved in with him when I was eight. So we remodeled that from the time I moved in until the time I moved out, and it still looks the same as it did. <laughs> so, it's about the experience, though. You know? I was gonna say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, those old houses,
0: there's always something to do. It's interesting
1: because someday it's I'm gonna have to take care of it, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna be fun. <laughs> but what That's I cool. always liked was the, uh, the old barn yeah it was all hand-hewn you know you could see the tooling marks from the ads and the broad axes and it just i used to study the joinery in that thing and i started back then i mean i was probably 12 13 years old started diving into it and just kind of a lifelong interest you know yeah
3: yeah i mean i think we've talked about this before the beauty of it is you can be a kid and kind of understand how it works
1: Oh yeah, and
3: you it's get amazing. to see. You're right. You get to see everything, and it's it's so simple. Obviously, it takes a lot more than that, but it just you get to you can see it. It's right there. You can visualize it. And you go. Oh, I I could probably make something like this.
1: Oh, you got it. It's it's one of those things for me, and I think you guys are the same way. Is you research something so long? I mean, years. Mm-hmm. I spent years researching that stuff, and I just the itch got so bad I had to scratch it, and. <laughs> Well, I I scratched it good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, when you were building your shop, were you like, you planned straight out from the beginning how big it was going to be, everything? Did you know everything that was going to be in there? Was it kind of a like, let me get some timbers and start building as I go and see where it goes? How did that that process go
1: for you? I had an idea of what I wanted in my head. Mm -hmm. And then I, I never nothing's drawn out for the shop this was wow. all on the fly um the only thing that i wrote down i figured all my load calculations with the uh, engineering calculators for timber spans hmm. sizing and things like that because like i said i s- spent years studying on it like you do with your art and the right, axes right. and everything else um but yeah no it was out of my noggin and you know <laughs> seat of the pants man
3: and yeah. you you started the channel when you started the barn right
1: i was about uh i was on the third bent of the first floor when i started the channel oh, wow.
3: <laughs> and
1: so, i wish i had started right from the get-go yeah but uh i don't know what really there's a couple things that made me do it it's you know somebody said oh you could make a killing on youtube and stuff It's like oh yeah really i was like, well i guess <laughs> i'll try throwing a video out and five years later it's like well i still haven't made a killing but i'm having a good time doing it (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah i mean i think we've had this conversation with other youtubers as well other content creators where it's there's always well i don't know about always but no one's really like making a good living at least for a while you know like we're we're not making like you know we're not we both have full-time jobs you know it's like it's cool because it does make you something, you know, and you can do what you love and put it out there and then people start watching it, which is just crazy. You know, that like so many people watch these videos of things that you do. It's just it's it's something totally different and of its time. You know, that like before this there were only the, you know, top one percent of the world of actors and things that would get seen by everyone. No one else had that. That wasn't an option. If you wanted to learn something, you had to read it, or you had to like look up a blog somewhere that somebody wrote or something. You know, there was no like just that like the immediacy of putting something out there and having the ability to share that with the world, which I think is one of the things that I love about YouTube so much. And like I said, like you were saying, someone's like, "Go ahead, put it out there. See what you can do." And you just put them out there, and people start watching.
1: And you're like, "Oh, oh yeah. it's, it's amazing. That's it, pretty cool." It, What's really yeah. cool is it's. You know, YouTube, Instagram, the social media. I mean, I think there's a lot wrong with it. But on the other hand, I think it's given us this beautiful resurgence in the traditional crafts. That Absolutely. never would have happened without it. Right. right? I mean, so yeah. much lost information and skills out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and people talk about the the like blow up of knife making and blacksmithing. And, and that's got to be 100% because of social media and YouTube.
1: Yeah. You know, people Absolutely. People are seeing people
0: doing it and 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 i think that i mean i've always loved the idea of a blacksmith since i was a kid you know like long before you know the really the internet or youtube or any of that it was like oh look how cool that is but you just you if if you don't get into it if there's not someone around you you just never have a way to learn it yeah so people just go about their lives but now there's a way to see it and i think a lot of men and boys are drawn to that type of thing, making and building, and that the power behind what that that feeling that that gives you when you can create something and use that thing.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and so
0: now we have that education out there.
1: To do you it. got it. And, and people, especially young people today, the world's hard enough right now with everything going on to have to get a whole generation hopefully coming up to where they can appreciate, have something they can create. That to them is beautiful. They can appreciate the process. Mm-hmm. I just that I always thought that kind of bodes well for humanity in general. You yeah. know what I mean?
3: That that's one thing I guess I hadn't really thought about is that. Yeah, you think all these kids stuck on their phones? Like um, one example when I work, I, I do college sports, oh. and it used to be when I started, even it was just I don't know, 10, 11 years ago. The, the, the kids in the crowd are all hanging out and chatting and talking. So when we go to get crowd shots for the broadcast, they're having fun. They're, they're kids in college having fun. Now, when we go to get crowd shots, everyone's buried in their phone. Yeah. They're yeah. sitting around with a group of 20 kids. You know, I say kids they're, they're, you know, 18, 19 years old. Just all, I mean, all staring at their phones. But anyway, my only view was that it's just kind of rotting their brain and, in their social lives, which it probably is, but that you do also have another generation of kids who grow up with things like blacksmithing and mm-hmm. these YouTube kind of fads are normal to them. Yeah, something something we didn't have were, were these thousands and hundreds of thousands of hours of people doing stuff that you can look up to, which that's it's pretty cool.
1: Oh yeah, it's amazing. I mean. I could still remember a time before we had the damn phones in our <laughs> yeah, pockets right. and people couldn't reach me 24 7 for this or that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, without them, never would have met you guys. Never, yeah. you know, never would have met Justin Dietrich or anybody like that. I mean, not that I, I'm not saying my life's better for it. I feel a little, you know, like I lost out on this deal, but.
2: Well, no, you're 100% better for
1: it. I'll tell you that, right? We've actually lost a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's the other way
0: around. Don't, don't get yourself wrong.
1: now well, you know, you're probably right. You're probably right. I'm an odd class of human being.
0: We did invite you on the podcast, so you're our yeah. Touché. Touché, my friends. Yeah, yeah I mean and I agree hundred percent. We've had this conversation before too, just about like the, the positives and negatives of social media and, you know, and, and technology. But, um,
2: it,
0: I was, I was actually talking to a couple of teacher friends the other day and I was like the, the problem with, Phones and and my issue is in schools like we have you know students are just on their phone all the time trying to get their attention like in class, um it's just that there's no solution right you know, like yeah there's no way to get around it you can't you can't take their phones because they cost too much so like legally no. you can't take them I mean can but not really you know yeah. and and we try to do these different things to have them put them away it's just there's just no answer and that's what's frustrating because Whoa. like because there is a certain degree of too much. And I think it's getting to that point where it's just too much. Yeah. Now, like you were saying that maybe there's, there are some benefits there of what they're looking at, what they're researching. But at some point it's just, you, you need to get back into your hands. But I think we're starting to get there. Like, I know there are several young makers that reach out to me that I'm, you know, that I'm friends with on social media that are doing these new things and getting into it. So, you know, it's, all hope is not lost. <laughs> no. It's just a no, different it's just, it's just a change in our perspective of the world and um, you know, getting people back into some of these things or just getting people into things. You know, it's not that they were ever really gone. There's just there's just more people that have access to uh, these different types of traditional um, you know, technologies yeah. and traditional like, methods and trades and things.
1: I think they were I think they were at a point where it was an extreme rarity in modern you know the last 30 40 years to see somebody actually doing a traditional craft i mean Mm -hmm. you go around when's the last time before the last say eight ten years where you saw somebody building a timber frame just driving around yeah you know it's now you start to see them a little bit more a little bit Mm -hmm. more um i i think that's i tell you what i think a lot of this stuff is something that we almost lost, at least in yeah. at least here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then these videos started coming out. Like you remember the old uh, John Neiman videos, which are Northmen now. Yeah, 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 fantastic. I
2: mean, yeah, how much amazing. interest
1: interest has that driven? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, so, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. I mean, that's over in you know Scandinavian countries. Like there's that that tradition which has been a little bit more. Um, it has been preserved a little more there than it has been here. But yeah, you said those like the Northman group and all the different like tradesmen coming together and doing their part of a project. Um, that's something that uh, Brandon Roost of Whiskey River does um, where he where has a bunch of different guys work on different parts of a project and then, you know, sells them through his website. Yeah. So
1: And that's how it, that's how it yeah. used to work. Right. Yeah. I
0: think There's something pretty like magical about that. But then there's people like you and me Who like to do it all? Oh (laughs) yeah.
1: Who wanna do a little bit of everything. Except for except for leather work. I'm not a big fan of leather work. I'd rather be kicked (laughs) in the nuts. No.
3: (laughs) Kinda how Dustin feels. No,
1: yeah. I don't mind wearing leather from time to time, but that's for another podcast, I would imagine.
0: That's when you prefer to get kicked in the nuts. That's (laughs) right. That's right. Who's got some hot
1: wax for daddy? You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of leather work either. I, I like the uh, the outcome, and you know, there's there's a, there's something to doing it right, and having it done. But, you know, I don't enjoy it the same way as like it's not what I want to go down the shop and work on. You know, I do it because I might make a knife, and I might want a sheath to go with it, or you know, a mask for an axe. But, other than that, it's like. Eh.
1: See, I'm, I'm more, I'd, I'd rather have a cardboard knife sheath with a really nice knife in it than have to make the damn thing myself, but that's just me.
0: <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. so you, you started your channel with timber framing. Um, once you had your shop, is that what, like, so now, I mean, you've done like some blacksmithing stuff, you've done knife knife making stuff, you've done tool making, you've done axes, you have bows were you into that type of stuff before you did your shop or did that kind of come along with that, you know, kind of getting into those different things?
1: I was always into it interest-wise, but I never felt that I had a spot I could do it in. Mm -hmm. Um, So really a lot of the practice started after the fact. I'd always, you know, bows and stuff like that, you know, we messed around with them when I was a kid and whatnot. But um, the blacksmith and I, I've only been doing it a few years and now I'm really starting to get into it seriously. Nice. And, uh, I, I friggin' love it.
3: Yeah, yeah. And you've gone again, you've gone way far d- diving deep into it again. Yeah. Obsession
1: Making- is a good thing sometimes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like we, we just talked to uh, Jordan from JD knives and, and his, you know, he was, he had gotten to the point where he could really see himself going down the like a, a road of alcoholism so he
1: i listened to got that one. out of
0: that and yeah and turned all of that obsession into making knives or into making things right and so like it's a, there's a healthy obsession there
1: oh yeah you know, make absolutely and
0: making things obviously within reason like you don't want to make sure you're like you said you know you're on the edge of uh you know getting into trouble with your wife over the years because of the things you love to do <laughs> yeah but you know it, it could be worse right <laughs> there could oh, be yeah. other you could be out yeah and, there could you be know, a lot of in other town things and, yeah doing yeah. drugs and like, you know, at least at least she knows where you are <laughs> like, yeah right? you can
3: do she drugs in your barn in
1: it's it's oh i could too she knows you she knows
3: you're doing drugs 100 yards away it's all right that's right like
1: you say yeah keep up the meth intake you know what i mean It keeps yeah, keep me young looking <laughs> it does that's it. how he's so
3: he's so busy
1: yeah yeah you just have to speed things up a little bit once in a while it's better that way It's better that's, that
0: that's awesome. way um so um i've seen you you've made some tools and things that are used i know you have a couple drawn knives which we actually got i got to use while we were at maker camp and school. that
1: one was shit man <laughs> <laughs> i
0: did a terrible job on that was it, was it dust tell the truth i mean it worked it
3: worked yeah fine, but it, know?
1: uncomfortable too long you know it's <laughs> just i mean uh, i think
0: i think for what we were doing for like timber frame stuff it might have been it's not the best tool for that but if no. you are like peel and bark from a big log like that's what you want you want a big, yeah. nice wide one that you can get over
1: top and get good leverage um it does so. well it does well for the bow making yeah um, right but i made a couple shorter ones over the years and gave them away to viewers and i think oh, i cool. need to make a few more of those because they're so much more nimble right. when you're trying to shape things but yeah the thing is though the funny thing about that draw knife i must have did something halfway decent with the heat treat because i've used the piss out of that thing i haven't had to sharpen it again yet oh right on nice <laughs> it's either that or i didn't temper it enough who knows <laughs>
0: it's like that golden balance between hardness and toughness oh yeah yeah
1: but it hasn't broken in half yet so i guess it's uh, i guess it's go. doing halfway decent <laughs> right
0: on <laughs> yeah that was that was fun to use that and uh and then you actually recently made a hatchet which you sent to me which is awesome mm-hmm. and i haven't had a chance to really use it yet but um but Devin and i are talking actually uh tuesday night he was over we were filming the end of a video and talking about another another bow making video that we're going to be working on in the oh, near future awesome. so so i'll definitely be using that in the video because definitely shaping down to that point is something that i love using a hatchet for there's yeah you know like I could use a bandsaw, and I could use draw knives and things, and I I use those throughout the process. But there's something really nice about removing a lot of that material with a hatchet. It's almost almost quicker.
1: It's almost – the only thing I'm going to tell you about that hatchet, and I thought about it after I sent it off, you may want to do a little sanding towards the bottom of the handle. It almost – and I don't know why I didn't do it before. As I was packaging it up, it almost felt a little too wide in the hands. so the narrow point i mean you i mean you got big hands you're a big grizzly bear type guy (laughs) yeah
0: yeah Yeah, and i mean I'll, i'll fiddle around with it i'll make it fit my hands you know like there's so i would say for you know a tool which is what it is it's not you know it's not a I mean, it's, it's a piece of art. It's something you made, but it's also a tool, right? And so I'm going to use it as a tool. I want you to beat the
1: crap out of that. Right. Exactly.
0: And I thought I've had that mentality with knives and things that I've given to people and other, you know, axes. I'm like, don't worry, like, don't worry about getting it dirty or breaking the handle or whatever. Just use it. Like that's what it's for. I want you to use it, you know? So, so I'm not, I'm not like worried about if I, if it feels weird, I'll change a little bit, you know, especially in the handle and stuff. And then your feedback on on the head and how it feels and how it works and all and yeah because it's
1: i've got a lot of i got a lot of people that want them i've actually settled on a design i like better and i'll probably i'll probably end up sending you one of those to test out but um the uh yeah so i definitely hopefully everything holds up Um, okay
0: yeah I mean, so far, like, I mean, I've used it just, just a little bit just once I got it because, you know, I'm an ax guy, so I couldn't oh, help yeah, myself. Yeah. But uh, I mean, he, so, op-
3: he opens his mail with it. <laughs> I Should gave us a haircut. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It's definitely Shaved. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, I
1: don't like to send anything out that can't shave. I mean, there you
2: that's,
1: go. <laughs> that's something, uh, something I'm big on.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. There's something that, that level of, uh, of sharpness is there's super satisfying. And once you've gotten to that point where you can sharpen to that point it's hard to use things that aren't that sharp yes you know like you're like because yeah. i have all the tools to sharpen up to that point so if it gets below that and i'm using the tool i'm like "Now, nah, i gotta gotta go sharpen it oh yeah get that razor edge on it
1: oh i'd lo- love that six inch hazard fraught buffing wheel <laughs> yeah, right exactly <laughs> great Which job Throw the blade right back at you <laughs> oh, oh yeah yeah well that's how you know you're tough yourself you know <laughs> that's right
3: <laughs> yeah i sliced my thumb real deep when on the axe dustin gave me just because i did the stupid thing where you like you know you wipe off the the dirt after you chop wood with your thumb and it's just
0: like oh man
3: wow uh, maybe that's just me
0: yeah i was uh i was yeah it is collected some firewood one day or just around our property here just limbs and stuff to throw in the in the um fire pit and i was walking with my axe and i just was like kind of holding it at my side and it just happened to like bump against a stick as i was stepping forward and it cut like right through my boot and into the top of my foot not bad but like mm. enough that if i wasn't wearing my boot it could it would have been a bad cut on the top of my foot and i was like man all i was doing was walking and hanging at my side and i should maybe <laughs> be a little more careful <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of those times where i'm like maybe that's a little sharper than it needs to be yeah, and and
1: <laughs> like like me we're, we're walk. You're, you're walking wounded also yeah right exactly yeah. You know? so uh so
0: that is another story um can you tell us a little bit about what happened to you when you were building your timber frame how you uh, hurt yourself
1: oh, oh yeah so i'm somebody who doesn't like to ask for help even when i really need it mm-hmm. so he says i'm going to build this big ass structure by my lonesome it, it ain't nobody gonna touch it but me mm-hmm. because i'm uh, so anyway, I got the last of the major timbers up, stood the gable ends with a uh, gin pole, block and tackle, and all that. Yep. And the gin pole is about twenty feet long. I took the, I took the gin pole down safely, no problem. Used the block and tackle to lower it. I went to pull it back into the envelope of the building, and the damn thing slid, and I was near my uh, stairwell hole. Ooh. It, Knocked me into the stairwell hole, and I went, uh, it was 12 feet, landed standing up, all 220 pounds on the right heel. Oh, oi. So that put me in, uh, that put me in the trauma ward for two weeks. A couple of surgeries, and it put me in a chair for a little over five months. Oh, my goodness. Almost, uh, almost lost the leg. Holy cow. Uh, Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So,
0: um so gin pole that's I'm a, from what i can imagine in my mind that's that's like up above the highest point of the building so that way you can raise things up to yes that point. okay yeah gotcha
1: so they used to traditionally you would use uh shear legs which i use quite a bit and they're a lot safer and you would What's use that a, uh legs is just a a big triangle okay yep. um i got gotcha. you and they uh they work phenomenally. You, you anchor, and you do the same thing with a gin pole. You anchor the backside to something that's obviously not gonna move, and then you right. rig up your block and tackle to the top of it, and that allows you to raise your, your structures. Okay. Um, so traditionally, they would've used that. Even, there's cases of uh, old large barns where they would leave a tree growing in the middle of the damn thing and build the barn around this tree <laughs> and then chop the tree down how they
0: that's great yeah <laughs> to have that have
1: that like support up highest to put a nice ISPs a nice
3: Stump table right in the middle of your show. Yeah, right in that. the middle. Yeah,
1: because I bet you they were thinking of artisan stump tables back then.
0: <laughs> yeah, or somewhere to put a uh, post vice, you know. like That's right. An that's right. I...
1: <laughs> no, I like Devin's idea better. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought so, of it.
0: <laughs> so you're pulling that down, and that that's what it like slipped and came, and it hit you. And, oh, man, that's uh, crazy. The,
1: the worst part is I had it down, mm-hmm. and I was – I had to swing it out and around a queen post to get it back into the building. Okay. Because I was worried about, I don't know why, because there's nobody around. I was worried about somebody walking under it and having it fall on them.
2: Right. So right.
1: I had that thing just about in, and it just, it slid, and it was oh, so heavy, it just, and uh, I didn't I didn't have my stairs built at the time because I was worried about my kids getting up there and falling oh, off. Yeah. Gotcha. And, once again, that's how the kids have destroyed my life.) <laughs> <laughs> See what you did it's all your fault. That's why I started <laughs> so like worrying about you.
2: <laughs>
1: well, my oldest is my oldest has my sense of humor. And he tells everybody, yeah, my dad thought he was going to try out for a Peter Pan roll and turns out sawdust isn't pixie dust. Did you think happy thoughts when you were falling, old man? (laughs) That's awesome. Kid kid is brutal. (laughs) That's great. A couple sessions with the back of the hand on it yeah care of that? But, you know, he's he's as big you. as I am. <laughs> if you if
3: you did lose that leg, your viewership probably would have skyrocketed, though.
1: You know, it's funny. The first thing everybody gold. oh, you got it, man, <laughs> you got it. Everybody asked me, "Was the camera running?" No, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. No. no, no, it wasn't. Best part uh, is, I'm laying on the floor yelling for help because my phone's yeah. across the barn. Windows to the house are open, seventy feet away. And I can hear my wife and kids in here just da da da, you know, and the dog's going nuts, and I hear "shut up," you know. I'm out there, help! (laughs) So I crawl, crawled to my phone, called my wife. I said, "Can you please call the ambulance?" Well, why? Why? What happened? I said, "I I fell off the bar and I broke my leg." What do you mean you broke your leg? (laughs) So I'm having this argument with my boss lady (laughs) about calling the damn ambulance and I'm thinking to myself I know somebody's going to have to carry me food for months I don't want to piss her off but I just want to scream right now you know Mm -hmm, what I mean
0: (laughs) you're like how many times have I called you and told you to call the ambulance (laughs) first time for everything can we count on any any one hand or one finger
3: (laughs) she's like well you should have just called 911 then I don't know why you're arguing with me
1: well you know what that's probably i should have i probably should (laughs) have start there and
3: say hey an ambulance is coming oh yeah yeah
1: god that was a miserable miserable Uh, six months i ended up building the stairs for that shop on crutches and uh yeah it was yeah (laughs) i saw some of
3: those videos oh
1: the place was such a mess It's still it's a mess again right now but uh yeah that was i tell you what that was depressing times so you got yeah, through it? Tough. Oh yeah. Oh you had that the bad boy. The doctors telling me, "Oh, you'll never climb a ladder again. You'll never timber frame again. You'll never cut a tree down again. You'll never do this. You'll never do that. You're going to have mm-hmm. to get a dust job." And it's like, "No, nah, I don't think we're going that program." Oh man. <laughs> that's uh, why why what is it about
0: like what is it about doctors and telling people they'll never do these things again? Think, lawsuits you know, like, maybe uh, <laughs> is true. it like right or is it are they doing it on purpose to like, give people you know right. motivation like you know, that's, know that's a good you
1: know, way that's a good way to look at it yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you're like I'll prove you wrong
1: I'll you'll, yeah. you'll uh,
3: never walk into that bathroom and brush your teeth again yeah that's
1: right you <laughs> son of a bitch I won't but that's because I'm lazy nothing else <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh man
3: so, so good um go all the way back to the beginning what did you how did you get into shooting your own stuff what was your like original gear setup like
1: for two and a half years on that channel i used an iphone 7 for everything
3: nice no i mean that's great i mean what a, a beauty to have modern phones but go mm-hmm. on
1: yeah that was uh that was my work phone so most of those timber framing videos it was an iphone 7 mm-hmm. and um once I got the shop built, I ended up getting the, uh, the Canon M50, a couple yeah. of GoPros, drone. But, uh, yeah, I, and it used to, what's funny when they asked me at work what I wanted for a phone, I've always been a Droid guy, mm. but the camera on Droid is nothing compared to that iPhone. Mm. Right. So I was able to scrounge an iPhone from my company when they gave us new work phones and that's nice. <laughs> i use their phone that'll teach them <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, yeah yeah they're, awesome. they're great cameras what did you edit on
1: uh davinci resolve i always okay. use davinci yeah um yeah. i tried premiere pro for a little bit but i was so used to da Vinci, i just couldn't it's amazing what you could do with da Vinci, especially as a free software mm-hmm. it's incredible
3: it's yeah it's it's all the same stuff so whatever you're comfortable with yeah. i mean you're not doing that much there's no reason to do super fancy stuff and i i think people who do a lot of that either have a giant team behind them yeah we all know right. youtubers like that or other, oh, yeah. if, you, if you don't it's it's a waste of your time in my
2: opinion
1: yeah i uh what, what i find hard and you guys probably run into this a lot of my videos are very straightforward very simple editing mm-hmm. but once in a while i just like to make something fancy i just enjoy it because it's almost the video process has become such a part of any of the projects i do it's it's another form of creative outlet and i mm-hmm. enjoy editing i like doing it so this summer when we were when the boy and i were up in uh up in the big woods running the sawmill every weekend mm-hmm. that allowed me to do a lot of filming a lot of drone work and some of the best videos i've ever made on this channel happened up there this summer just because i could really take the time but uh they're not the most viewed though i'll never understand it yeah <laughs>
0: yeah i i still like i, I want to say that i have gotten to the point where the the, the views are there's no way to control it you know and and now gotten to a point where i can and i feel okay about that but i don't you know i'm still like i'm still every time it's like why not what can we do different why did this one not get views why did the other one get views like oh yeah uh, yeah it's it's crazy there's no way to understand what happens sometimes you know we'll get like you'll do two of the very same videos really similar thumbnails and one will go crazy and the other one's got nothing yeah. Yep. Who knows? Yeah. That's why I've, yeah, I've talked to other people. It's like, the only thing you can do is just make what you like. And, and that comes across in your videos and it comes across in your videos that like, I was saying to Devin, your videos, like he would say, you know, you have that series of doing the, um, the bow build recently, the Hickory bow build. And, you know, you have multiple videos and they're really long and, you know, that's, it's just, the way you shoot and talk like you'll you'll turn the camera on and you're talking you're like going on talking about stuff and like you're kind of just like a little like to me it seems sometimes a little long winded but but it's not
1: it's because it is sometimes and but it, but <laughs> it it's drives you. me it's nuts like,
0: too yeah <laughs> but it's your it's your character it's that you you like to talk and you like to kind of go through that stuff and talk about what you're th- and talk about what you're thinking about and all of your videos have that or at least a lot of them do and that's why i think people come back to our channels and things because they they come back for us absolutely Not necessarily for yeah. what we're making it's the people Absolutely. Yeah. And so if you're and consistent and dust- doing what you love then people will come back to it because yeah they, they see that
3: and dust and i that's we talked i mean I like the long stuff. I like when people go on and on. I mean, that's why we started doing our channel the way we did, like not worrying about, should we keep it under this amount? Should we keep under that? I like to hear people ramble a little bit and sit in with it. Cause I like to watch it like another TV show. So I really do not like five and 10 minute videos. Cause I'm just searching for something else right away.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that like, Going into you want more, I mean, and I think there are some channels where the the five and 10 minute or 12 minute videos kind of work, but, but they have to be almost like every day you know like yeah like somebody yeah. like buck and billy ray you know he puts for a while he's putting out like 30 minute videos every day but you know if he puts out like a 12 or 15 minute video every day then you got this little snippet you know you get used to it but then when people are doing that but it's only like once a week or once every couple of weeks you know, it's like i want more you know right. <laughs> you right. get this episode but you want more of that personality of that those people you know yeah
3: that's let's that's, that's why the um the second season or the second half of the season for meat eater just came out. Right. And they're still sticking to like the half an hour video format. Right. Oh, and they're doing these epic hunts over the most like gorgeous mountain ranges you can think of. Yeah. And they just skip over days and days of, I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, they're not even on TV anymore right so why why are you sticking to 30 minutes
0: yeah are they on any any like normal I don't think so time
3: frame yeah I I think they just put them out
0: on Netflix yeah why put them out anywhere else right and there are plenty of videos and people and channels that have long form videos right and people watch the whole thing and if they can't watch the whole thing in one go then they'll watch part of it and watch the rest of it you know if they're right. interested, i mean that like with that click-through rate it is you know like how long people watch your videos the average right. is going to be crazy any, anyway depending on i mean the average of people watching our videos is like three minutes or something or ten or five no, minutes you it's know better like,
3: than that come on
0: yeah, I guess so. But, you know, like sometimes it just feels like people are only watching for – so if people want to come back, they're going to come back and watch it yes. because they want to see you and that, like, they, they're a part of – they want to be a part of that, like, your adventure. And you want to see what you do. I want to get to the end to see the end thing go, you know, see where it takes us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and, and
1: people love watching a the process. They like watching a journey. Right. But I found – it's funny, because the, the more views you get and the more viewers you get on your channel, the the lower that click-through rate gets. Um, right. But it's funny, you would think that metric would be one of the biggest driving ones for view counts, but I notice I mean, I've got some videos with 300 plus thousand views on them with horrible, uh, right. horrible uh, time watched right, right. and click-through rate, but it's nuts. <laughs> yeah,
0: who, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Like yeah. you get the the, uh, the analytics are fun to look at, but it's you know my advice is just do like to everyone do do what you love right. and yeah you know because right. then then you'll make the videos because if you're not doing if you're doing it for the views or doing it for the money or doing it for something else you're not gonna have fun making the videos so you're not gonna make the videos. Yeah, you know, like Jim you have way more videos on your channel than we do you have over 500 videos and you know that's because you're just having fun making them you know oh, like no.
2: you're going go to you're gonna
0: do something and show people what you're
1: doing yeah. I used to put one out every day you know I've yeah, spent <laughs> uh, I've got I think I'm up over I think I'm pushing on 700 or getting close to it I think I could be wrong <laughs> on that but I think it's somewhere in there
0: yeah, yeah. But, <laughs>
1: that's, uh, I that's,
3: that's great. great I have one tip for your channel Jim Go for it. On your home page, <laughs> you need to add under uploads. You need to add popular uploads. Ah, that's it. Oh, and that—that's actually something we did about a year and a half ago. Because yeah, I, I didn't. We were we, we talked about hey, should we do a million categories? Because some channels you see, it's like this and that, and what I think about this and blah blah blah. And we're like, ah, yeah, let's just let them look through the uploads in no specific order. But what I see now as as just an image is when someone comes on your page if they see our last three or four videos you know is what is is what you see in the uploads Uh, right all you see is you know we're most of the time we're not lucky enough to have one of those ones that are over a hundred thousand so all they're seeing is oh well they're getting like three or two or five thousand like oh that's good but if you have that popular upload sitting under there at all times they see that you've had hundreds of thousands of views and i think
1: that I helps never, i never thought of doing that that's a good idea pop that on there because yeah i noticed will. i was looking
3: at your channel the other day and i was like i was looking at your home page i was like oh, it just has uploads and that's what we used to do but when i switched over i think it looks better when i when we go on our channel because then you see your your big hits right under it like oh, yeah man. so right away people are like not only does that, that drive them to your most popular videos right away it's just you get some cred points
1: well that, right. that's true too because a lot of time I mean I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm guilty sometimes of skipping over videos mm-hmm. because I have uh, a low yeah. view count yeah, you know, we, yeah I
3: think we've all done it yeah
1: yeah It's neat though when you find a couple of gems in that list that you'd normally skip over and you're like, yeah, let's just see what they have to say. it's like, wow, this is really good right so yeah.
3: so immediately you have plenty of videos with over a hundred thousand so right away they're seeing that you're you're worth their time.
1: Yeah. Right. No, that's a great idea. Yeah,
0: and yeah, exactly. And that's just changing that setting so that way that popular uploads uploads is on your home screen. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good pointer. to have. That's good for everybody. I didn't, I never even really thought about that. You must have done that without me knowing.
3: Yeah, I just I <laughs> was like, because I think I had seen it, and I was like, and I was just viewing our our homepage and looking at it and going, it's kind of barren, and it's only showing. We must have had a. A normal run with like yeah. lower videos I'm like oh well it just looks like we don't get any views and then all I was right, like yeah well, let's pop that popular and then right away you see all your biggest videos ever and it makes you look legit
1: yeah that's a great idea yeah I <laughs> have to do that
0: now and uh, now this is like the the generation of the students that I'm teaching the high school students but when I talk to them when they find out that I do that, I have a YouTube channel and that we, you know, we're over a hundred thousand. That's like serious street cred for the younger generations. Oh yeah. You know, and then I'll, or I'll just tell them the name of my channel and they'll look it up and be like, "You've got like, you've got videos that have over a million views. That's crazy." You know, they're like, and then like, do you have your plaque? You know, like, yeah, we have a hundred thousand <laughs> plaque and like that's you know, so there's there's something to that credit. You know. People, oh yeah. Are like, you know, like you said, yeah, you if you see a video and it has you know. couple hundred views or just a couple thousand views you're like okay well you know maybe it's not worth my time but yeah but right we have yeah
3: we all have videos that are under 10,000 and and sometimes you get a a bunch of them in a row and then you get some giant one out of nowhere you just throw those giant ones right up front and go look (laughs) i've done it it's there (laughs) like uh, let's go
1: i am the man i am the king today (laughs) right exactly (laughs) for a day (laughs) yeah just for a day yeah my kids still don't respect me but it's okay (laughs) (laughs) now
3: you can beat that into them (laughs) that's right that's
1: right
0: (laughs) so jim i was listening to i was watching one of your videos earlier this week and it was the one where you talk about um tools for kind of the homesteader kind of tools that you would need um and actually you were saying earlier that like sometimes you like to put in kind of more about the the video work and that one actually had some really nice video work you know just kind of some pretty shots here and there but one of the things that you said in that video that really resonated with me was that and this is not the quote but it was something along the lines of you buy the tools that you can afford at the time you can afford them because they'll get you to the end goal right they'll just they'll you'll be able to start making stuff you don't have to buy all the most expensive tools you don't have to have the best things buy what you can afford because it's going to get you making something and do
1: exactly something. and that is is all that matters yeah you know it doesn't yeah. matter where it came from it doesn't right. matter if you got it at hazard fraud or wherever you got it right just do something with
2: it
0: yeah yeah and i thought that was like that was super like inspiring and And one of the things that we got a lot of comments on when we started our channel was that people really appreciated the fact that I had a bunch of kind of basic tools, you know, that I wasn't using all the most professional tools to make this stuff. And they're like, oh, you're actually making, you're using tools that are relatively common and that I might have in my shop that I can make these things out of.
1: Yeah. Well, how much much work did you do on a four by 36 or four by 32 Harbor Freight belt sander? Yeah, absolutely. yes yeah. and it's
0: yeah nuts. and it wasn't ideal and there were reasons why that it that people don't use them when they get yeah. into it but but it it can work you know it can get you into the hobby which i think is the important part yes. is like getting you going you know you buy the tools that get you in and then once you're into it and you know that it's something you want to try a little bit more long term then you like then you the get the bigger things you know yeah i mean or if you're gym you just build a you know job giant- <laughs> shop right away with timber framing. <laughs> I
3: mean we, we started out with with a Dremel and hand filing. Yeah. Yeah. So that that
0: um that tool was a big upgrade.
3: Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. And the other the other thing you said as well in that video is that you really enjoy making your own tools because there's something about going back and using that tool and knowing that you made it and the the joy that it gives you um because one i think one of the first videos i actually ever watched of yours which was you know two two and a half years ago or something like that three years ago maybe was the somewhere in the middle of the series of you making the forge press Ah. yeah two years ago or something like that yeah
1: it's been a couple of years now yeah and
0: that was that was like (laughs) i think at the time i was like man that's an overbuilt thing but like
2: <laughs> you had you had what you had right you got these yeah. big eye beams and those i just
0: remember you standing next to it it's like 10 feet tall yeah like this gigantic oh,
1: yeah. thing oh it's crazy that friggin' eye beam man that was 26 feet long when i had it given to me i cut that son of a bitch up with a four inch angle grinder Oh man, <laughs> it took me 12 hours to do it mm-hmm. and uh holy cow <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, man, that was bad. (laughs) (laughs) How long did that take you to build that press? Um, Do you remember? Probably overall, probably three, four days total. Okay. Uh, The big thing for me is same thing probably with you guys. It's always money, 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 money. Right, of course. uh, I mean... Even though I got all the steel for free, that thing still cost me about $1,600, $1,700 to wow. build yeah. with yeah, the yeah. hydraulics. But what's nice about the channel, the videos pay for all that stuff. The videos yeah. actually paid for my shop. Oh, wow. Nice. I made enough on them to build that, and, uh, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Even the sawmill, mm-hmm. everything covered it all.
3: Yeah, that's, that's what we tell And for some reason, it's, it's weird. People don't talk about money. Until you tell them you have a YouTube channel. Yeah. Then everyone's okay with asking you how much money you make. It's because yeah, right. <laughs>
1: people are dicks
3: most of the time and they're nosy. <laughs> like no one ever asks that's, you, oh, what job nice. is that? Oh, how much money does that make? But the second you do YouTube, that's like always one of the first questions I get. Like, yeah, uh, how how do you make money? Do you make money on yeah. that? How, how much do you money wipe you your eat?
1: ass in the morning? You know what I mean? <laughs> do you want me asking you that? You nosy know pricks? Like but <laughs> what I do tell them
3: is it's it's not enough or for, for most YouTubers, it's not enough to live on, but it's enough. You don't necessarily feel bad buying a new tool. Yes, we have before. If it was like a hundred dollar tool, we kind of would all hem and haul over it. Yeah, oh, geez, a hundred bucks on this thing. Like, how many times are I going to use it? Now, yeah. now you can. You have a justification, and yep. that that that's the nice thing. You do have that. That's usually what I tell people.
1: It, yeah, it's it's definitely nice because. The thing with the video money is you know you guys have families you're paying Mm -hmm. bills you're paying Mm -hmm. the mortgage or what have you and it's kind of nice i could never buy anything before because i couldn't take away from the house money and i wouldn't feel right doing it you know i can't have my kids go without because i want a a fancy whatchamacallit you know what i mean it just that was nice when uh when i was able to monetize of course i got in the monetization before the big change hit yeah but uh i think
3: yeah and that big change a lot of those people are worried about hitting that number but still it's generally it's a pretty small number so you wouldn't make much anyway i know it's a big thing for someone small to hit that mark and to get anything is better than nothing but it's still not gonna like people think it's going to be huge right away once you hit that number but if you hit that low number it's still not much
1: no it's not i think it's funny i don't know if you guys were like this but i know when i started and my early videos were just garbage i can't even i can't watch them you know didn't know how to talk to the camera on every other word and uh you know (laughs) look like special ed in the backyard boys out there doing stuff you know and (laughs) but you hit that you make your first couple of videos, you're like, oh, these are awesome. These are so good. These are great. They're gonna get a million views. I'm gonna be an overnight success. And, you know, my wife's gonna be begging for me if you know what I'm saying, you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> Street cred, bedroom Street cred, yeah. that's right, that's right. Nobody tells me no in my house. We'll just put it that way, <laughs> except for her. Yeah, right. But, uh, no, it's but it's funny that you go back and you watch those early ones like man. I don't want anybody to see these you know <laughs> should i take them down these are garbage <laughs> it's like the first tools you make i don't know right. how your first knife was but to uh, us it's like oh this is awesome you yep. know and then you go back a few years later and you look at it, it's like Ugh. <laughs> 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 well it's it's that
0: thing you know you get you get into something and you make you've never you never made it before so when you make it it's new and it's shiny yeah you know and you're like oh look at this you know and it's as for knives, you know, it's like the grinds are asymmetrical and there's scratch lines and the handles got big chunks out of it, but it's something you've but done. you thing, made you know? it yes. Yeah. That video you've made it. It's, now we came into the, into YouTube, where Devin was already had a, a ton of experience in editing and filmmaking. So on his end, he had the experience of doing that. So the videos where they have changed over the years, haven't changed dramatically in what we do. Yeah, But for me as like talking to the camera and I, you know, I, I'm an educator, so I'm kind of used to talking to people. So it, it was a little natural. And that's why we decided to do this thing because it was like, well, you're going to do this thing. You're used to talking to people and teaching. And Devin's like, I'm going I'm making videos. So let's do something where we're doing it together. But even still like the tools that we had, the way I talked to the camera, the different, yeah, the different crutches, the words and yeah. things that I used all the time, you know, never- everything. They're yeah, it's all, there. Yeah. It's
3: all tightened up. That that's this thing. You're just getting it tight. It's like a good band. You you practice something, you get together, and you play a song. That was cool. All right, let's do it again. Let's try this. Can you do this? Yeah. Then you play it again. Then you play it ten times and then it's really tight. And then you, you take it out and you play it in front of people and like wow, you guys are in the group. Yeah, I played it over and over and over right. and over yeah. again.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, yeah, so you, you guys they, have a good system going there.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I think with YouTube, you know, you get to that point where you can, um, you know, they, they make you get to that number to monetize because maybe there's some type of quality control there. I, I don't know if it's yeah. that. Yeah. You and know, that, that it gives you the chance that you have to actually put some time and effort in. You have to continue to do it to get to that 1,000, yes. you know, subscribers and blah, 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 you know, before you can hit that button.
1: I guess what I feel bad for when I see channels that are under that thousand and they're still throwing ads on their videos yeah right and it's like Mm -hmm. man and i i know some i've got a few friends that do it and they have smaller channels and they're hit or miss you know when they're putting out and their their quality but some of them make some really good stuff and they just can't get any traction you know shout outs don't work like they used to
2: no they don't
1: (laughs) and people i don't know if you guys get it but i still constantly get people hey check my channel out you mind saying mm-hmm. something about it mm-hmm. and i don't mind doing that if it's good content but right. it just does not work like it used to right exactly right.
0: there's there's so many channels now yeah you know and of course you have like you know bigger channels can shout channel, out small channels and you will get some traffic but it's not like you're right it's not like it used to be the
1: yeah. biggest one biggest one i had was uh wrangler star mm-hmm. Yeah. when i he uh He'd followed along quite a bit of the barn build. I remember the first time I saw him comment in one of my videos, I was like, oh, my God, I've made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. good. Then after I fell, I did a video from the hospital bed. Oof. And uh, because, you know, you have to let all the people who have been lecturing you about safety for two, three years, you know, let them know, hey, yeah, sir, you were right. I'm a dick, you, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you got the last laugh. And... uh He picked up on that video, and he did, like, a 20-minute video on me. And that was, of course, he did, you know, the typical Cody titles, you know, World Ended Today, and I don't know, I farted fire out of my butt or something, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But but that was so cool of him to do that. He didn't have to do that, you know. That was, and that picked me up, gosh, I think a couple thousand viewers in the course of a day and a half. It was like, holy cow, it was nuts. Yeah, that's wild.
0: Yeah, I, I um, I've been I've been a Wrangler Star fan for a long time, and I I remember that video. Like, I obviously at the time that I watched it, I wasn't familiar with your channel. So, like now that you're talking about it, I remember him talking about you because I've been watching every all of his videos relatively religiously for a long time, and, yeah, and it's here. it's that reason. It's the like because it's it's him. It doesn't matter what he puts up, you know. It's yeah. like it's just his channel. It's I've 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 learned to enjoy what's happened in his life, you know, and what's happening with his wife and his daughter and his son. And, you know, seeing that how the thing, the course of the channel goes. Um,
3: yeah.
0: but I remember that. And I remember, um, um, I, I also remember you talk about his titles, but I remember him talking about changing over and following the algorithm for yeah. his titles. And he's talking yeah. about like, that was a good gonna, video. He's going to do some sensational titles. And he's like, I'm just telling you all the people who are here, the videos aren't changing. He's like yeah. the titles might change, the videos will still be the same. And yes. you know, it's he's like, I'm making a living and this is for my family, and so I'm gonna follow along with this trend because it it's going to work with the way that YouTube is pushing out videos. So if I don't, it's just taking away from the yes. money that I'm making my family. And so that that I actually really respected. I was like, I think there's something to that, right? You know, there's what people call selling out, you know, and doing what you know you're gonna do to make money, but you gotta, you gotta make money. We live in a country where we have to make money to live.
1: We go to work every day. I mean, right. Honestly, yeah, exactly. what's the difference? You know, yeah. Yeah. he's and then, always yeah, put and- honest stuff out. He's always had a good, yeah. he's always had good quality content.
2: Right.
3: Yeah. I that, agree. that actually t- changed my view a little bit about it thus, when you brought it up that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Cause again, we discussed what we did want to do and what we didn't want to do on the channel. And one was the sensational ones because we didn't, right. Want to piss a lot of people off, but he he had switched totally over to YouTube. So that's a whole different pressure. Yeah. It's not like hey, he still had his other thing, uh, firefighting or whatever he did back then. Right. Yeah, wow. he switched. So he kind of it was all or none. He didn't really have a choice. Right, and it's still i I still don't think I would do it. I mean, depending on the numbers, blah blah blah, because. Uh, I guess you're going to, I don't know. It it works the way you put it. Dust. When you told me about that story, it made sense and it made me feel a lot better about that. Like, right. Okay. I get it. Cause yeah, whatever the, the returning numbers from just subscribers is pretty low compared to new people coming in. So I understand you pulling in people that way. I just don't know if I want to deal with the extra 45% of people bitching about the titles. Right. You Because know? you yeah. will get a lot more of that. You, you might your numbers go, but you're going to get a lot more of that. So I'll probably just get pissed off of that. But
1: who knows? It, I've, done all... a, I've done a couple of video titles that are pretty nutsackish. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Never like over the top, but just little fancier descriptive titles. We'll call them right. that. Bullshit titles. Yeah. And some of them do extremely well. And you yep. don't get too many comments, and then a couple of them just tanked, and you get nothing but those comments.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember you reaching out to me, uh, yeah, maybe earlier in 2020, and you were like, Hey, you might want to think about like changing your titles because put the, on a the, thong in the... your
1: <laughs> thumbnail, anything, <laughs> yeah,
0: because because it, it will drive your video, you know, your, your yeah. views up, it, and it will, and you know, so yeah, that it's always like everything, there's a balance of yeah. what you know, and. Is it like what you uh, you know your like integrity? Does that really matter? You know, like <laughs> is it is it about like what you want to do? That like it, it, it's not. I mean, if we want views, you want views. You know, and if the if the if the content's yeah. still the same, then yes, yeah. who cares? You know,
1: like yeah, I love no, I, like, I agree.
0: Like idiot logger again, blah blah blah. You know, oh, using, yeah. using the the negative comments on your titles. Well, that's, that I did think was funny. I was like, oh, that great.
1: one. They used to, I don't know about you guys, but people, when you're first starting out, people put a nasty comment in your video Mm -hmm. and you just think, oh, that must be how everybody feels, you know, screw you, asshole. You know what I mean? I'm a good man. I'm a good man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that one guy he showed up oh yeah another idiot YouTube logger or another idiot YouTube blogger gonna get himself killed it's like yeah, you know, I've been cutting trees my whole life I'm still here <laughs> right exactly you're like
0: thank you that'll help my title in the next video
1: <laughs> yeah and then I I sent him that and then I blocked his ass <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> but just... not surprisingly
0: or kind of surprisingly when you were doing that when you were putting all the like it for the, a couple videos in a row that you did that those videos would pop up on my suggested list often you know because they were getting views and because youtube yes. started pushing them i was like man it was like for a few weeks in a row it would be like you you know those would pop up over and over and over again and i was watching them because i was like oh that's you know it's cool because i knew your channel but it also caught my eye you know and because youtube knew that people were watching it so it was pushing it you know
1: yeah it's crazy so it's like
0: if that's the thing like do you have to do something to pushes you out there because what's the point i mean if we're putting the videos out here we want to get them watched yeah so it's a balance
3: definitely yeah it's a balance balance. and i mean and but that was the thing though we've had plenty of huge hits that were simple making this blah 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 Mm -hmm. so i don't know what to do (laughs) 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 maybe maybe if we get do another year and nothing goes over ten thousand views then we'll switch it up to you know, naked dust in his on fire and well <laughs> see how oh, it right.
1: happened. Take ass. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What website you can upload that to anyway? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Only maker fans. <laughs> Only maker <laughs> Yeah. Fans. Watch me make this butt plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: Jim, one of the things I've seen you do um often on occasionally is to do like, you're doing milling so you have a, a, a saw, a bandsaw mill. Yes. Um, so I know you're doing some milling for timbers and things, but you're also doing some like slabs and furniture. Are you, are you making furniture too? Or are you like just doing different stuff to sell to different people or how's that working for you?
1: Uh, no, I've got a bunch of slabs drying for furniture projects and I actually, oh, I have a nice beautiful cherry dresser I started last winter that I need to finish this winter. Um, I did a couple of videos on it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'll mill stuff like that just for my own use. Um, okay. That yeah. walnut, actually, that, uh, oh, the walnut, like the handle that your hatchet's made out of, mm-hmm. I've got a stack of that stuff about two foot wide, two and a half mm-hmm. inches thick. The stack's about six feet tall. Oh, wow. Yeah. Up in the. Uh, up in the shop in the barn and um that stuff's just about ready to do some some epoxy pour tables oh, nice that's um, awesome yeah like do a little bit of everything you know like mix it yeah. up keep it interesting you get bored yeah. otherwise
0: i agree and you know that's one of those things i think that your your channel name speaks perf- speaks perfectly that right it's the tradesman like because you do lots of different things and the same thing with our channel, the art of craftsmanship is, Yeah, it's not just one thing. It, it allows us to experiment and that's cause I'm that way. And actually I heard recently, I, w- I think I was just like maybe flipping through Instagram reels or something. And someone was uh, showing someone making something and they were like, and the quote was something about everyone knows the quote that says like a jack of all trades is a master of none. But Damn. the entire, the entire quote goes like a jack of all trades is a master of one. But that it's 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 sometimes better than a master of none mm. you know so something like that like there's an entire quote that's there that's basically saying like to be a master of of you know jack of all trades knowing everything is better sometimes than being a master of just one thing you know like having the yes. ability to to be able to do different things to be able to change the way you look at the world and be able to like see a problem and be able to fix it and that's something that. Mm. I think our dad taught us how to do, and it seems like that your uncle taught you how to do in that house, you know, it's like, if if there's an issue there, if there's a problem, whether that problem is a negative or a positive, like there's, there's you have to solve this problem in a way. Yes, And then some people just have that to them where they're like, okay, well, how can I do it? And that's why, that's like our maker switch. You know, it's like, at some point the maker switch is turned on and you become maker. And it's awesome, and isn't it? I, yeah, and your reaction to it is, can I make this thing instead of can I buy it?
1: Yes. And yeah. the world needs a lot more of that. It's, yeah. I love it. I, I got to be honest with you. The stuff I work on in the day job all day long. Sometimes I'll come home, my head just wants to explode. You know, I'm mm. troubleshooting.
2: <laughs> I am
1: troubleshooting some pretty high tech stuff. Right. What do you What do you do, Jim? Like I do, uh, like industrial boilers, refrigeration systems. Oh, right. Okay. And, uh, That's right. Stuff like that. And right. Troubleshooting and repairs. And uh, sometimes I get home, I just need that stuff that's a little simpler, a little more, uh, a little more organic, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, Just simple. Like, I heat my house with coal and wood because I'm not working on a furnace when I get home, you know? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'd like to see polar bears cry because I'm an asshole that way, but, you know
0: that's right yeah you know warm yourself up twice that's of, right that's right
2: <laughs>
0: nice uh let's see Do you have anything else that you're thinking go specifically to ask jim any questions or
3: you know, just questions? i mean in general the the, the timber framing things uh, so interesting and i reached out to him about advice for chisels and stuff and i, mm-hmm. I actually didn't buy one because i was just stuck in the whole what's the, the quote the too many choices something like that yeah right <laughs> so i just i didn't do it now i'm upset and dustin you great you got a nice chisel the other the other yeah, uh, lot, when you went up weekends ago yeah so i don't know i i think uh well Devin i need, I, I need to get back on that
1: fire up that forge that dustin's <laughs> yeah then uh you never know what might be coming your way you just never know huh, all right, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> that'd be cool like, yeah make some make some of your own tools yeah we have we, yeah. i got tools still we can buy it and make there it. you go yeah
3: yeah yeah i was watching some of your um like t- uh timber frame tool videos um the one i did well i think there was one point where you you brought out your two size chisels you said you didn't use the corner one a lot but
1: oh then, then yeah. i
3: forget you 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 there was one where you didn't mention. I, I forget. There was a part where I was like, okay, you talked about the the one and a half, but you didn't talk about the other. You had two chisels there, but you didn't discuss one.
1: Oh, gotcha. So the that must be, I think that was like the third or fourth video on the on the channel. Mm-hmm. So the corner chisels I despise using. Mm-hmm. Not that they're bad. I just don't like them. Um, <laughs> never had good luck with them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The the most used chisel you're going to find doing the timber work is going to be inch and a half and two inch. Right. So two inch is nice because if you can't afford a, a slick, right? It, it'll work as a passable slick. Right. right. And if you notice in those videos, you need very little tools to build a timber frame. Right. I mean, it's very basic. I mean, you can do it with a handsaw, and if it's sharpened well, you would be amazed how how fast you can move doing it.
0: Yeah, just watching you do it with, like, a hatchet as well. Like, in that video that I'm talking about, yeah. like the, just the basics of kind of homesteading tools. You know, you're, like, chopping and then, like, and then pairing off with a hatchet, you know, getting, like, the base, the, the most of it down before you then switch over to a chisel. That's really Yeah, cool.
1: It it... And that's funny. That was the first video I had that took off. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> it's life. funny. That's how we remember the you know our projects. Oh yeah, that video view counts. Yeah, that project sucked because you know maybe fifty <laughs> yeah. cents on the internet. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's very few tools. A couple of chisels, a couple of good auger bits, and you're off to the races. Yeah. You yeah. know, I've got the chain mm-hmm. mortiser, and you guys saw some of the tools I brought down to Maker's Camp. Yep. you know I, I didn't start with those they make life easier but um i did not start with those
0: right yeah i think that's you know kind of going back to the idea of you know you you, you start with just enough to get you going to to ensure that that's something you want to get into yes right? In my mind you know, it's like I'll I'll go and I'll buy the cheaper tools and I'll try it and I'll play around with it and like you know if you like it after you've done it with the really crappy tools then you're really gonna like it when you do it with the like the really good tools. That's right. (laughs) Makes it that much easier and you get past all the like the 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 shitty grimy work that you don't care about (laughs) to get to like the fun (laughs) stuff and building it because you get there quicker.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I'll tell you something else with the timber frame in Devon. Everybody tells you leave a big portion of the line. Everybody, ah, yeah. the closer like, you get to that line, the less chisel work and everything else you have to do. Mm. So just that's what everybody always told me when I was learning it. You know, oh, you got to leave, leave like an eighth of an inch past that line. It's like, man, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, a lot of chiseling down to that line.
1: Yeah, yeah. And sometimes yeah. I I could be a little lazy sometimes and still get the same result. I'm gonna go for that every time,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and all you know, I think you know with the way the way wood shrinks and grows, you know, you wanna you wanna be accurate to a point. But you see these old timber frame structures, and they're yeah. you know they're huge gaps all over the place. Or oh yeah, but they're all pegged together, and you draw a bore and you yeah. do everything to get it tight. And it's going to expand and move and contract. It's just about getting kind of everything working together so that it becomes this homogenous structure that works and moves and flexes together. So,
2: No, they're all
1: amazing structure. Also,
3: also they're not going to give up on a whole giant beam just because they made one a little a little wonky well that's how it is oh yeah wood chips out oh well
0: (laughs) (laughs) drill a hole wrong oh well peg it
1: (laughs) cut it off flush and you see if you guys look around old barns and old houses you see a lot of that
2: yeah yeah
1: but you know here in america those early structures right up till the early 1800s maybe even mid-1800s it wasn't they weren't um your typical craftsman building these structures right Mm. these were people doing what we're doing building for themselves because they had to out of necessity that's something that gets lost a lot and you look at the phenomenal job they did because they're just so familiar with the tools they were using because they used them in their everyday life Mm. it's just it's neat stuff yeah absolutely Yeah, and you get all of those beautiful beams with like you
0: said with you know the just the tool marks still on them because there was there's necessity right you get to a joint and it's it's important to make it correct and smooth and clean so it fits well but along the whole flat side you can have tons of tool marks because who cares
2: oh yeah. <laughs> it's like
0: it's just yeah. gonna be there and now we're looking back at it we're like oh it looks so cool you can see all the hand of the maker but at the time it was like well i have to hand hue this entire beam so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm only gonna do as much as i can do so that way it fits into this you know relatively eight by eight or ten by eight beam you know oh yeah to the
1: point. yeah <laughs> What's cool what's cool too if you go around your area i i recommend sneaking into people's barns at night when they're sleeping <laughs> and, um, i like it okay you know a little bit of stealth there yeah, yeah. But, Makes uh, exciting you know i'm not saying i would ever do that but uh, no of course not but you can it would be entertaining you might make the news it'll be cool you, you know around us the, the amish, camera
3: the amish can't chase us once we drive away their, their carts aren't fast enough
1: that's right they're not they're not <laughs> but they're they're inbred pack horse might be you know that's so. <laughs> But if you go into, it, it's neat. You can see, you can kind of date in your own area when technologies started moving in like the, the circle mills, the big sawmills. Yeah, right. Because what you'll see is, you'll see like the long top plates and long plates in these buildings will be hand-hewn. Mm-hmm. But all the posts and everything will be done on a circle mill,
0: uh, which is right.
1: it's, it's kind of cool, kind of cool to see that.
0: Yeah, I see that transition, right, where they can get like, things done you know get the smaller stuff buy the smaller stuff and then make the bigger stuff yeah you got it
3: hmm. yeah, we, we got to talk to um, our dad about some of the stuff stuff he's seen because recently he's done some um, work where he he drives around certain Amish fellows to yeah. do their jobs <laughs> and it's such yeah. interesting to start hearing the story from him already but he'll like he's got a couple guys now where he, he drives them around to all their work and he's got some I mean, he sees some stuff. He sees all those those beautiful Amish barns and homes.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, what's sad around here is a lot of the Amish they don't know how to, they don't know how to build the traditional ways anymore. Right. right. The, really? Yeah. Even the younger generation, they're going to a stick building and things like that because it's quicker. Right. Um, there's a guy up here owns a sawmill. His family does. He's in his 70s. And we were talking about timber framing. He goes, "I'm the last one in my family who knows how to do that." Nah. And that's really sad to see that. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I mean, to me, that
0: like that type of knowledge is passed down. I mean, like you were saying, back into the early eighteen hundreds, mid eighteen hundreds, people were building these. You know, there were there's a reason why they're called barn raisings, right? You get a bunch of people together in a community, they all come together and they build it. So, like, I wonder if there were if there were like the people i mean obviously now we have people who specialize in timber framing they're learning the craft and they're passing it on to other people like justin dietrich who's teaching it to his students in high school um but i wonder if that kind of knowledge was just passed on based off of you see people doing it and you do it out of necessity like i think so I mean, I think obviously there are people who did it professionally, right? And they would go around and help different people and give them the knowledge, but I think a lot of it was that kind of just like word of mouth and seeing and doing it multiple times and helping different people build and, you know, it's like, how are you gonna put together a big barn? Well, there's only a few ways to do it economically and and timber frame with big joints and big pegs is a way to do it economically.
1: Well, it was the only way at the time that you could span, you know, a barn needed to have some fairly open spans. Yeah, right. You know, and that was really the only way to do it. And honestly, today it's still a lot of times a better way of doing it. They're actually starting in some countries are starting to build multi-story buildings. They're going back to timber frames, which is crazy to me, but it's neat. I mean, you look at at the buildings in Europe, throughout Germany, in Austria, Mm -hmm. places where they've had major warfare and you look at how many of those structures actually survived all of that you know (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. just the, oh it's crazy it's kind of eerie you know you can still see the bullet holes in some of the timbers and but they survived a lot of the the vibrations from the bombings and and stuff like that and it's like it's amazing the oldest wooden buildings i believe maybe they're not the oldest but some of the oldest wooden buildings on earth are in japan Mm, the um the temples there that are all timber framed no nails to build those things they've survived earthquakes war yeah. just tsunamis all kinds of stuff it's amazing
2: yeah so there take
1: amazing. that steel structure you <laughs> characterless <laughs> pieces of shit, you know take that new york skyline <laughs> that's right back to your quote to start <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice, That's awesome. All right. That's a great way to wrap it up. I (laughs) like
2: right back to the beginning.
0: All right. Well, Jim, before we let you go, before we do our recommendations, we like to do a disaster story. Now we've talked about you getting hit through the (laughs) hole in your stairs, but a maker disaster story. What we like is like people who make things always inevitably screw something up and have to start over. And that's just part of being a maker. And the more we can get people to tell those stories, the more our listeners will understand that it's okay to make those mistakes and that, like,
1: that shouldn't, shouldn't stop you from
0: continuing to make. So do you have a disaster story for us,
1: Jim? Well, I probably can't talk about my three kids that way. Somebody might get bent out of shape. <laughs> well, that's a maker story, right? Zing-a. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> probably my, oh, let's see. I've got so many of them. probably one of the uh i built the sawdust burner in my shop oh cool i didn't know you do that that's awesome yeah and it worked great for half a season Uh and um i did all these videos on it's like yeah this is cool worked awesome well the damn thing didn't work the way i wanted to i i used this fancy motor i spent money on and it just burned up within a couple of months because all the soot and creosote and crap but yeah you think I could figure out one better than that, though <laughs> <laughs> I have so many of them usually anything God, I've had so many failures out in the shop that it's hard to keep track of them all yeah. just different yeah. stuff you thought would be the greatest thing in the world, and it's like you get it done It's like, oh shit <laughs> I think show that again,
0: <laughs> yeah right I mean i and I think. <laughs> the fact that you say like there are so many of those and you're still doing it and you're still enjoying it is <laughs> that the epitome of what we think about when we're thinking about those disaster stories, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, we yeah. all mess up all the time. We just don't, you just don't see it all that often. You yeah. know?
1: Like I've always tried to show my mistakes. Yeah. So yeah. I had one in the timber frame where I mismeasured an entire bent by an inch and a half. So it was an inch and a half too wide. Now, And this did get covered on camera. I don't know what happened. I must have been tired or something, that's my excuse. But the problem is I I put up two more bents after that. And it was standing in the air. I ran a string line down the side and all of a sudden I see this hump sticking out on the side of the barn. So you guys know the big tie beams in my shop, the big 10 by 16? Yeah. I had to shave that friggin' 10 and back an inch and a half in the air drive the pegs out with the damn structure standing Uh, i guess that'd probably be a good disaster story i did that (laughs) 10 below zero i was out there in that barn doing that (laughs) there's some videos on that one that was that was probably my my biggest mess up on that project
0: yeah <laughs> like you said you know you show those cuz that is important to show people like you know th- you can get through those problems and oh, that's hell. part of that's part of being a maker is there's there's a problem to solve you know it's if the problem is i want this thing and i don't want to buy it if that's your problem when you start mm-hmm. making that thing and when you get to the end there's going to be a lot more problems along the way <laughs> but oh, it's hell. just a matter of like figuring out how to get past them and move on and, and build something that you can then be proud of at the end, whether it's like as beautiful as all the professional ones you see or not, it doesn't matter because it's yeah. the thing that you made. Exactly. You know, there's something, yeah, there's something well, awesome about that.
1: Well, it takes the intimidation factor out of it for people who are watching our videos thinking that we're these super talented guru types. Right. Yeah, <laughs> And sometimes when you see that, you think to yourself, I could never do that, right? You know, but then when you yeah. show, yeah, I really screwed the pooch on this one. And here's what I did wrong. Yep. it might give somebody else the confidence to say, okay, I might mess it up, but end of the day, we can make it work.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. I just uh, uh, Lara Kampf, If you're familiar with Lara, she just uh, put out a video recently of making a um, an oiler for her drill press, like a one that she didn't have to hold that way when she's like drilling holes and things in metal, she doesn't have to stop and oil the the drill. So she like built this thing and she had this little pump and it was going to pump the, the oil on her drill press. And, and it just didn't work great at the end. And she finished the video and was like, yeah, it's not great. You know, it's like, sometimes they don't work. You know, Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't like, I'm still going to work on this and I'm still going to try, but I didn't really finish this and it didn't really work out the way I thought it would. And, I need to figure out something else, but that's how it works. Sometimes it just doesn't work exactly the way you want it to, but you just keep trying, you know, you you, like, it. next time you give it another shot. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, at the end, we like to recommend some people. Um, Jim, do you have a recommendation for our listeners today?
1: Um, probably, I guess it would be a book that I'm reading. I don't know how the Scots invented the modern world by Arthur Herman. All right, nice, pretty good That's book. Scots invented the modern world. What's it about? And it's basically end. the contributions of Scottish scientists and thinkers, and how much, how many of the philosophies we live by today were actually done in Scotland, and how they kind of carried through the world, right down to the telephone, and things like that. It's kind of neat. Enemy. That's awesome
0: That's really cool We uh, Devin and I our, our last name is O'Hara But Which is a very Irish last name But we actually yeah. According to My grandmother And my dad And his father Have more Scottish blood in us Than we do have Irish Although we have an Irish name So Yeah same yeah, here I always love Scott Scottish That's cool Let's What's the author off- again? One more time? Arthur Herman Alright That will be in the show notes For those of you who are listening all right, Devin, what do you got?
3: Um, I I was looking through my uh, YouTube, and I've watched the same, like, ten people for the last six months, so I'm not going to do anyone there. <laughs> but for just general pop culture uh, uh, stuff, Dustin, you and I had talked about this for a long time. The show... Boba Fett, or the book of Boba Fett, right? Um, Not great, in my opinion. It's nowhere near the Mandalorian, but in their not latest, but I think I guess it's the fifth episode. uh, Spoiler alert! If you're watching it, the Mandalorian comes back, and that whole episode is awesome. Like it's worth. I mean, I guess you don't even have to watch the rest of the season. <laughs> Earlier episode. But it's so good and they turned around the whole season and apparently there's another one out, so I'll probably watch that after this. But it was so good because they brought the Mandalorian back. Um yeah. If so if you're watching Boba Fett and you're not sure, hang with it. There's at least one good episode where the Mandalorian's in it, pretty much the whole episode, and it turns the whole season around.
0: And you said that was uh directed by uh Bryce Dallas Howard, right? Bryce, yeah, yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and she di- she directed some of the episodes of The Mandalorians. Yeah,
3: and the daughter nice. of Ron Howard director. Right, Ron. So, they just uh, I don't know. It was it was so much better. So I guess I'll just go with that because that's what I've been. I talked to you about it. I talked yeah. to the guys at work about it. So I'll just bring it up here. <laughs>
0: I, I like that about our recommendations. You, you're often recommending something that has absolutely nothing to do with making.
1: <laughs> in that, in my,
0: you know, whatever. Hey, people. You know, the listeners need that
1: too. Right? Yeah, but he always he spoils it on everybody. You know, he ruined Santa Claus for me this year. Do you know that? Some of dirty, son of a bitch. Who's <laughs> bringing me all those comments on Christmas? Those comments
0: you were sending me after you listened to that, like next day I was cracking up. You're like, oh no, that was great. Oh,
1: that's ridiculous.
0: All right. Well, my recommendation this week um, is uh, someone who probably could use a few more views because he doesn't have all that many. Jimmy DeResta. If you guys (laughs) don't know who Jimmy DeResta is, (laughs) he's this maker on YouTube. He's kind of an older guy. you know a little chubby and no, i'm just going to keep, <laughs> keep
3: keep with our tradition of recommending uh, recommending huge. Who, who
0: who need uh who need oh yeah recommendations. you know, i
3: i recommend disney plus shows you recommend <laughs> the, <laughs> the biggest show on youtube uh,
0: no yeah so so i just i smell the sawdust <laughs> yeah oh, yeah uh, i just picked up one of jimmy's ice picks i got a, a mini ice pick um And I, I put a a video out on it yesterday and I did a little like, you know, some Instagram stuff, but, um, it's just really nice. Um, so I, I've been listening to the making it podcast and fits all podcast, both the podcasts that Jimmy's on. And he's talking about recently getting, um, an American company to manufacture the ice picks and do them for him. And so when I heard him talk about that the second time, I was like, that's cool. Good for you. But I want to get an ice pick before they're made before they're not made by Jimmy anymore. Right. So I picked one up and it's so nice. It's got like good weight to it. The, um, so I got the mini, which is probably about, uh, three, the handles about three inches. And then the, the pick is maybe like four and a half or five inches. Um, the sheath there. So there's a a brass tube with a ring on the end. Um, the, the tube, the brass tube is like 16th inch thick all the way. So it's really thick, like heavy brass tube. The, it fits really nice it's got good weight and i was kind of going through and showing some of the other ice picks and awls awesome and things that i have in my shop and just the the use of something like this if you don't have a little pointy object in your shop get one in your shop if you if you're on the fence or if you know Jimmy Duresta, head over to his uh i think it's i make um his website i make which is where he sells the picks and uh and pick them an ice pick cuz these are super awesome just like getting a little piece of that maker you know not that like he needs more people to buy his stuff because he's doing pretty good for himself but you know he's he's come to that point because of what he does and because of what he likes to do and because he shares that with the world and that he's like seems like a really genuine guy we talked to him a little bit at maker camp and uh you know i think it's just a really cool thing so if you're interested in the in in the market for a fun new tool and uh you want to support a maker that's a, it's a really cool tool. I'm super excited to have it. Yeah, actually, he, he gave you some love on Instagram. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, he did a little video saying like, and like showing some of the process and making the ice picks. And he's like, you know, thank you to those people who've been shouting me out and, you know, sending some traffic my way. I couldn't help to think that he was probably just talking about me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I was awesome. like, hey, that's me. He's talking about cool. <laughs> that's awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Get it before it's made by not jimmy
0: right exactly yeah and that's the why i mean like i thought about it before i was like that's a really cool thing i probably should pick one up but you know like this one the ice pick mini is 55 bucks and for an ice pick you know it's like it's it's an ice pick but but it's made by jimmy it's something that's that's from him like something that you know he uses all the time and people use them when you get it and it's it's just kind of a cool thing and to have to be a part of that whole process is i think it's just pretty interesting so, it is
1: neat I'll tell you what yeah, a nice guy is too
0: yeah, yeah. You got the chance to go up and see his timber frame structure, that big barn yeah. that he, he has built yeah. on his property. That's cool. Where do you think I they was,
1: smelled the sawdust,
0: man? I was, I was a little bitter that we weren't able to go up <laughs> that morning. We, like Devin told me, he's like, "Yeah, I think Jim and Justin are going to go up," and I was like, "Wait, what? They're going up and see?" Him? And then <laughs> sturdy you come sons back, of like, bitches. <laughs> I was like, "Dang it! You didn't take us with us. You have a whole back of your truck. And you could just we could have just laid down and That's driven sm- up
3: with smuggled you, you, <laughs> you in."
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That- <laughs> yeah that's i had not, some guy right. I never met well i talked to him the night before but we were pretty inebriated he just hopped in my truck and went <laughs> with that's with right you had uh you had gib Gibb clark yeah hell of a yeah. nice guy you have his tape measure didn't you i
0: do yeah that thing yeah. is awesome that tape gotcha. measure, yeah with the leathers. that's funny yeah when you guys roll back up that day and you're like and I was like, oh, I just got this cool thing at the Maker Swap by this guy, Gib Clark, and I sent him a message to make sure I could find him. And, and you're like, walk up to me as I'm telling you about the thing that I got, <laughs> and you have Gib Clark with you. I'm like, no way! Because yeah, he uh. goes, well, I hope you have a use for the uh, pin cushion. And I was like, and, it, and then it clicked in my head. I was like, oh, you're Gib Clark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I tried to shuffle off the crackhead
0: artist oh, on me a little guy. bit
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i wanted to help you out jim but you know i, I tried for a minute and i was like I'm, sorry, I'm, out. <laughs> I'm thinking dustin please just get me away from this guy he's fucking weird i don't want to have to slug somebody in a place i've never been before know, right? <laughs> it's just weird <laughs> <laughs> well next year you
0: can pop your tent right next to us in the little field and that's right. If if that guy comes back, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll try a little harder next we year. We need <laughs> <laughs> somehow. I don't know.
3: We need to request the shitty camping area right next to the right next to the yes. field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: we just got to get there first. Yeah. I,
0: although I don't think like whether you request something or not at the Blackthorn, I think you just if you show up and you just pop your tent somewhere, I don't think anything is going to be maybe, well with that yeah. so. That place is <laughs> awesome.
3: <laughs> it well, is next awesome. Year, next year we're going to have a bigger crew already. It'll probably be most of the O'Hara brothers and some friends just in just on our side. So I yeah. feel like that little area of tents is gonna be much more populated. Oh, oh man, yeah. that was that was the spot
1: to be. That was yes. awesome, though. That was such a good experience. I'm still high on that experience. It was just oh, awesome.
0: Me too. Absolutely. It was great. Cool. All right, Jim. Well it's been a pleasure, man. It's so much fun to chat with you. Um, Absolutely. We had a great time. It was really cool meeting you at Maker Camp. Now we get to chat with you again and um, I hope that, you know, you keep on making awesome videos and we'll keep on watching them. Um, let, it, let Can you tell our listeners again where they can find you on YouTube and Instagram or y- your website, however
1: that. Okay, so the website is tradesmanoffgrid.com. YouTube channel is the tradesman channel, all one word. And on Instagram, it's the tradesman channel, all one word.
0: All right, there you go. All right, everybody. And if you want to find and follow Devin and I on Instagram, you can go over to Instagram, follow us at art at the art of craftsmanship for my cha- my kind of page that I run, and then for Devin, the art of camera guy, you can follow us both, and we do all sorts of fun stuff all the time. Head over to YouTube, follow Jim, follow us, uh, the art of craftsmanship, and. Uh, if you want to support our channel and our podcast and everything that we put out in the world and we try to do and try to just give give people this kind of fun stuff that we enjoy and that we hope you enjoy, you can always go over to patreon.com slash yard of craftsmanship and support us there. We really appreciate everyone who does. All right. Devin, it was a pleasure. Jim, it sure. was awesome chat with you again.
1: Excellent. Thank you, and guys. Absolutely. And everyone who's listening,
0: we will talk to you next time.